Good morning, good morning, church. It is great to be together and back at Manhattanville. I know last week we had an awesome event as a church. For those of you who are there, we were at Ridge Road Park for our annual fall festival. And uh, I, I mean, I personally, I think this was the best year yet. We had games of all for all ages, all different, you know, people, interests, things that you got going on, and um, don't worry, teens, one day I will get you back for those three buckets of ice water that you poured on my head. I love you dearly. <laughs> I think it's probably because we take away their phones during the teen class. That's, that would be my guess. But who knows? These things happen one way or another. But I, I definitely want to say a special thank you to uh, those of you who helped to organize the event and really all of the youth parents. I feel like you guys contributed to the food uh, I, I think like every family gave something. And so that's really, I think, what it takes for, for an event like that to be great is the whole church pitching in uh, and doing its part, you know, working and functioning as a body. As uh, you may have noticed, I know it seems like we, it looks like we, we have a, a good amount of people in here, but we actually do have uh, a, a number of our men uh, that are missing right now. They're up in the Adirondacks having their own little worship service. Uh, at our, our annual just kind of men's getaway time retreat. I don't even know what to call it. It just seems like they hang out, they have fun, they eat, uh, and they talk, uh, which is great, right? We all need those times where we can just do stuff like that. And uh, I have been, I guess, tasked with introducing our theme that we're going to be having for October. I know that, that today is September 30th, but just we're just going to count it as a part of October uh, just pretend with me for a little, just this morning. You can do that. And uh, our theme, as you can see behind me for the, for the month of October, is be bold. Be bold. And really what, what we're going to talk about next week, uh, we're going to talk about bold prayer. The week after, we're going to talk about having a bold vision. Then we're going to talk about having a bold love. And we might actually even meet in house churches for that so we can love the people in our communities. Amen. And then our final week is going to be bold when it comes to God's mission. And I know as we, we sat around just kind of discussing, thinking about what would be a, a great topic to start off with, uh, the one that, that seemed to, to come to the front as, as just thinking about where we are as a church, the needs that we have, uh, the things that we're doing is for us to, to, to kick off this series by talking about bold vulnerability. Bold vulnerability. Because I think this is really where it starts for us as a, as a church and as, as people who are seeking God. It starts with us being willing to be vulnerable with God, vulnerable with one another, and really just willing to say, God, help me. I need you to work in my life. And so let's, let's go to God in prayer. And then we will continue uh, just talking about having a bold vulnerability. Let's pray. Father, uh, I thank you that we can be here this morning to worship you, to honor you, to lift up your name. I pray that you, you, you are with us as a church, uh, that we can really be vulnerable with one another. Uh, I pray that you're with me this morning, that I can be vulnerable with the church, that your spirit can really work and move, uh, and that you can help me uh, to just really to just rely on you, to rely on your word, 
and uh, really to, to lift your name high. We love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I started thinking about the topic of being vulnerable uh, really a, a few months ago. You know, we went up to, to the, uh, the Thrive Conference, and there's sometimes there's just something about being at a conference or being in a place where you're just surrounded by spirituality, uh, that you're surrounded by message after message of hearing God's word, that somehow it just it's able to reach your heart in a way that it might not otherwise. And I'll tell you, I did not go into that conference thinking very much of it. Honestly, I kind of don't really like big conferences. Uh, most of the time, I feel like I get more out of my personal Bible study and my personal time with God than I do. I can look at conferences and say, whoa, that's all about hype. That's all that the conferences are. But, but can God really speak to me in this big crowd of people? And uh, I'm, I'm glad that, that he has a way of proving me wrong. Um, and as I pray and as I've continued, continued to pray up there uh, while I was driving, I was just like, God, I, I, I need you to help me. I need you to help me. I've been feeling very stuck when it comes to my relationship with God. And it, it's interesting because, you know, like sometimes you feel stuck, but you're not really sure what it is or why you're, stu- why you're feeling stuck. You just have this kind of vague sense that, hey, there's, there's something missing. There's something that I need that I'm not getting, but I don't even really know what it is. And I guess as I, I, I've been reflecting you know, at the conference and since that time, God really revealed a lot. And one of the things that he revealed is uh, I, I like to pretend that everything is okay and that I am totally put together even when I'm not. And so what God revealed to me after that time was, hey, this last year, TJ, has been a lot more difficult for you than you've been willing to let yourself admit. And many of you guys, I'm sure you, you see there, there's, there's, I guess, a number of, of things. And, and God is, you know, God is always working on our heart. But I realized he was trying to help me to be more relatable, more human. You know, many of you know I was, I was in a relationship a year ago, and it, it did not go the way I think that, that I, 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 you know, whenever somebody goes into a relationship, you have an idea of how you want it to go. And even if things end on great terms, you know, as they did, you can, you can leave feeling hurt or, or disappointed. You know, I also sat and I was thinking about myself as, as a leader. And I realized, man, like through the, through the past year, I felt like, I am a failure as a leader. You know, I look at the needs. This was especially at the time that I was trying to juggle the the campus, trying to lead the campus ministry, trying to to do you know do the youth and family ministry, try to juggle a little bit of the stuff there, and then uh, try to get you know try to do well in graduate school. And and I had just realized as I was feeling this this deep sense of of failure, this deep sense of 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 God, I don't, I don't understand what you're trying to do. I was, I was questioning God, what's next? What's your plan in all of this? And so for the first time in my 12 years as a Christian, 
I was finally able to admit something that I don't think I had ever been able to admit, maybe in my whole life. And that was, God, I don't know the answer. I don't actually know how to put the pieces together again. What do you want from me? And I know for me, I, I, I naturally do not want to need people. It's very hard. It's hard for me to be open. It's hard for me to be vulnerable. Subconsciously, there's a part of me that, that thinks people will always let you down. They'll leave you or they'll manipulate you. And I realize that I have no problem sharing vulnerably about the things that I'm feeling, but I would only share what I was feeling after I had felt like I had already gotten a handle on my emotions. Some of you, I'm, I'm sure some of you can relate to that, right? And it was, to me, that was a big revelation because as I'm sitting there and as I'm realizing this, I realize, man, people don't really know the real me. They see the second TJ. They see the TJ that is put together, that, that I try to present where I feel like I have all the answers, everything figured out. But they don't see the raw, I am wrestling with God. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what God is, what you're trying to say. And, you know, as a minister, I think there's a little extra pressure to feel like you have the spiritual answers. And I'm sure some of you, even when it comes to sharing your faith or talking about God, you can feel that pressure too, right? Oh, I got to know what to say. What if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? And so when it comes to vulnerability, and I know none of us like looking bad. I know none of us like admitting that we don't know the answer to something. But I had to decide whether or not I was going to be okay with showing weakness. And so, you know, if you ask me what vulnerability is, vulnerability to me is admitting your imperfection, letting other people see what's inside, and opening yourself up to being hurt, disappointed, or failing. And those are high callings for any person. Right? Nobody likes being in a situation where that could be the outcome. But I think if we want to be the church that God has called us to be, if we want to be the light that God has called us to be, they are qualities that we cannot do without. We need them. You know, and, and, and I, we're, we're going to share a little bit more in there. But if you think about what people in the world are looking for right now, they are looking for something that is real. And even in the you know, you think about the world right now, people are lifting up those who are being vulnerable, who are sharing about the experiences that they have, and they're trying to make a difference with them. And so what I want to do today is I want to share with you a couple of verses in the Bible uh, of, that, that I think really exemplify some, vul some vulnerable moments, uh, particularly by, by the Apostle Paul. And I think to me what blows me, uh, blows me away about these verses is he wrote these things knowing that they were going to air his junk, air his feelings, his emotions, his vulnerabilities, 
in front of the whole church. Now, to me, that's an incredible level of vulnerability. And it's a very high calling. And, of course, we know that not only the churches in the area where he wrote are reading these words, but now people from generation to generation to generation are hearing this man share about how he feels like, hey, God, I don't, I, I don't know. Things aren't always great. Things aren't always good. And I think that's, that's okay because once we admit where we are, it allows us to seek the help that we need. Right? What's the difference between someone who's a Christian and a non-Christian? This is something we talked about with the teens the other day. And I really believe the main difference is as a Christian, you're no better than anyone else. You've just admitted that you need God. And you've said, God, I'm willing to let you work on me. I'm willing to let you help me with the things in my life. And so let's read a couple of these verses. I'm just going to read them in a, in a row. You'll see them behind me, and then I'll, I'll mention the verses. But Paul is writing here in, in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 3. He says, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. For in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But he said to me, my grace it's sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. And so when you hear these verses, 1 Corinthians 2, 3, Romans 7, 22 to 25, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10, and 2 Corinthians 11, 30, 27 to 30, what you see, you see a man who knows that he does not have everything together. You see a man who's, who's, who's bringing his thoughts, his feelings before the Lord and is wrestling with them and saying, God, I am weak. I need you. That level of vulnerability, to admit that this man was an apostle, someone who had a direct visit, an encounter with Jesus himself. The person who was responsible for bringing the good news of Jesus Christ 
to most of the right a good portion of the Gentile world. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. And yet, here he is saying, God, I've been in situations where things really haven't been all that great. I've been weak. I've been needy. I'm, I'm worried. I'm concerned for, for, for not just my physical, my, not just my well-being, but for the well-being of others. And he sits there and instead of saying, God, ah, this is all going to fall apart. This is crazy. I don't understand. I don't get it. He's able to, to look to Jesus and say, you know what? I will boast all the more in my weakness. Because look, Lord, if this is going to work, if your church is going to be a thing, then they don't, then you are the one. You are the one, Father, that is going to be holding this together. And it's not me. And I think that's a very difficult place for any person, any person to get to. To say, God, I'm not in control here. I can't. I don't have the answers. And you know what? I'm going to boast about the fact that I don't know and that I am weak. Because although I am weak, Father, you are strong. You are greater than I am. And you know what? I can relate to my brother and sister in Christ. I can relate to the person that I just met on the street because we are all broken in some way. We are all in need in some way. We are all looking for a deep connection, right? We all want to be connected to the people around us. And those of us, and I've convinced myself that sometimes I don't want to be, and by my nature, I'm a lone wolf. But most of the time, guys, isn't that just because you've been hurt before? And so you've learned to cope with disappointment. You've learned to cope with it by not opening yourself up to the people around you. Whether you learned it from your friends, whether you learned it from a parent, or, hey, some relationship that you, that you were in where things did not go the way that you thought that they would. But I, I, I have to ask this question of you. When you think about the vulnerability of the people that we see in the Scriptures, the vulnerability of Paul, who has heard you speak like this? And I think that's something I, I had to really, I had to really think about. And I had realized that most of the time, and most of my relationships and interactions, you know, <laughs> hey, like if you feel like you have one person you can be open with, and this, if you're not a Christian, right, you're, you're, you, you, you feel like you've hit the jackpot, right? You, oh, I have one person that I feel like I can really talk to. One golden friend. But God likes to work through people. Not just a single person. Right? You got one person who's there for you. That's amazing. Treasure. Hold on to that relationship. But without expand, if you don't expand that circle, what you're going to end up happening is, is, is you're going to have an unhealthy dependence on one person and not on God and not on the body of Christ as God has called us to. And so I, I want to take, take a second to share with you a little bit about my life group. Uh, and just kind of how, how our life group has 
has, has gone down. Now, hopefully, I know many, most of you are, are in a life group. For those of you uh, who it's their first time here, we, we decided as, as a church um, that we are going to be a church that's, con- that's committed to forming deep relationships and to really being open and real with one another and trying to grow in our relationship with God. And so uh, we, 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 we help people. People chose uh, these, these different groups that they could be in, that they could meet, and where they could just get together once every other week and just sit down and talk about their life. Right? It sounds, it sounds great, right? It just on the outside, at the outskirts. And, and I, I'll say this right now. I love my life group. They're amazing. It's great. Um, but as one of the people who, who I guess were, 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 were there in the talks of where we were like trying to figure out, oh, should we or should we not try this as a church? Um, I was so gung-ho about the idea. Right, because life groups sound awesome. They're sounding great in theory. Um, but the question came at one point was, okay, TJ, you love the idea of life groups, but are you willing to be in one yourself? And uh, i got to tell you, it stopped being fun when I asked myself that question, or I guess when that, the thought was posed before me. You know, it's got, some of you in the church were like, well, TJ, are you in one of these life groups and I was like, well, you know, I got the teens, and uh, I, I have great relationships there, and, you know, I get with Jim every week, and he and I talk about my stuff. Do I, do I really need to be in a life group? And um, so, you know, I, I think thankfully the Lord helped me to understand, uh, and he put it on my heart. He's like, TJ, leaders should not expect something of others that they are not going to also follow themselves. Amen to that, Right. And, and so that, that to me was a great, a great moment of revelation. I, I love that when you, when you study out the kings in the Bible, they were subject to the, to, to God's law, uh, just as much as the, just as much as the peasant, right? And so, and then I had to sit there and say, okay, so what am I now going to do? And I remember our, our first, our first life group, it was just, it was just, we, our, our life group has grown by now. Um, but it started off, it was just Joe Anderson and I. And so we sat down, and, and I remember just sharing with him. I was like, look, Joe, I know, I know I need to break through the walls that I've built up. And I know that I have a way of thinking that is not healthy, not just for me forming relationships, but if I want to grow to be the man that God has called me to grow, then, then that's, then amen, then I know I need this. But I just got to be, I got to be open. I got to be vulnerable with you. Um, I, I don't trust you. And this has nothing to do with you because we don't even know each other that well. I just don't trust anyone. <laughs> I, and, and it was weird even saying that and even throwing that self out there because I'm like, oh, no. Like, what is he going to think of me? Like, this is terrible. Like, I'm like, I, I, I don't trust it that I can share openly about what I'm feeling and what I'm going through. I don't trust that it's not going to leak everywhere because you know how just, just I bless the hearts of everyone here, you know. But sometimes we get worried and we, we make up these scenarios and they're like, well, I'm going to share this and then this is going to leak here and then this person's going to know and then this person's going to know and then this person's going to know and my business is going to be out there for everyone to share. And I'm like, if somebody wants to know, just come to me. I'm trying to work on being vulnerable. I'll share it with you, probably in front of the church like this. But I don't want somebody else telling my business. And so 
you know, and I, 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 I realize there's this skepticism. And even this skepticism of like, you know, like, oh, I don't know, like, can, 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 so, can these, can, can, can I really, like, can, can somebody else even really help me with the things that I'm trying to work on? As if they can't relate. As if God hasn't, hasn't provided them with the knowledge or His Spirit to give them the words to say to help me grow in the areas that I need to grow in. And so for me, it was a real step out on faith. You know, I, I realized, I was like, man, God, I don't know how to change these things in myself. I don't know how to break down these walls. I don't know how to be the man that you're calling me to be right now. And so even though this is terrifying for me, I am just going to be vulnerable and open and say, this is where I'm at. I know this doesn't sound good. I know this doesn't sound right. But I want to grow. I want our. I, I want. I want to be a, a church like we see in the Bible. And I'll tell you, I was challenged just in that first meeting. Joe was so vulnerable with me. And literally, and we, we joke about we joked about this a couple weeks, you know, a couple meetings later. I was like, Joe, you were vulnerable with me off the bat. It took me two or three meetings just to share about my life <laughs> and just share about the things that I was feeling. You know, and, and there's a lot of reasons I think even that I could have been that, that, that we can be skeptical. You know, my group right now, we have we have, there are there are five of us and we are in very different, very different life stages, very different ages, even though we're all single. You know, it's incredible to think about that, how, how I, I feel so blessed to have the wisdom and the perspective of those who are younger than me, but also those who are older than I am. And getting to fall right in the middle, it's just like God has placed me perfectly where I need to be to get the help that I need. And it's, it's been, oh, I'll tell you, it's been, it's been tough. You know, one of the times we were together in... Uh, and, and one of the brothers shared something and, uh, you know, as he, he was given, given, given some input, but, and, uh, and, and I got real defensive <laughs> and it was one of those moments where I had to realize, I was just like, wow, Lord, I need you. <laughs> I had to apologize to him and just say, I'm sorry. I don't even know why I, I reacted the way that I did. I guess I was just feeling like when you said this, it made it like brought up all these insecurities and these failures that these the insecurity of, of failure that I have. And just I mean, hey, I, to me, it's like it's weird. I know I make mistakes every day, but it hasn't been until recently that I've recognized that I'm making mistakes every day. It's a good place to be in because it forces you to have to rely on the grace of God in a way that you wouldn't otherwise, and it's healing, church. It's healing to you. You know, when I think about 1 Corinthians 12, verse 21, it says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to your feet, I don't need you. And I really want to challenge you with this. And think, of, you know, I want you to think about this. If you, right now, if you are not a part of a life group, or if you're not getting regular help, or you don't have people that you are being vulnerable with, the message that sends 
is that you believe that you're healthy and that you do not need the body of Christ to survive. And so you have a choice to make. The scriptures say that we need one another. Are you going to continue to defend that part of your heart, that part of your life, and continue to cut yourself off? Or are you going to believe the Word of God and say, yes, Jesus, you say, I need you. I need your body, your people. And be willing to take that step of vulnerability. And so as we close out, I want to close with a question and a scripture. There's a question in Scripture that for you to, to walk away with. And, and I, I, I really, I, I, hope, I just pray that you guys this week take some time to really reflect on this and even ask some of the people in your life the answer to this question. Okay? How would other people, how would others describe your neediness of them? And how would they describe their neediness of you? Now, I think this is a big deal because sometimes we can be people that give and give and give, but we never take. And I'll tell you, that is that is for me, that's an easier position to be in, because if you're the one who's giving, it's just it, 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 you're not admitting that you need help. You're not admitting that you have need. But on the other side, it is equally unhealthy to take and take and take and never give whether it's out of selfishness or whether you're insecure because you feel like you have nothing to offer the people around you, God has made you as you are because you are needed. You are essential. God says the parts that are, seem unnecessary, that, that those are the parts of the body that we treat with special honor. They have a special place. You are necessary and needed. And so, sometimes, guys, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe you, this is just where you are. Maybe this is just where you are. You're, you're hearing me talk about this, you know, this, this topic of vulnerability. You're hearing the Word of God. You're hearing these questions that are being thrown at you. But, but you, don't, you, don't, you don't even have an idea of what it means to be needy or what that looks like. And I think that's, to me, that's, that's where I found myself, and I think I still find myself. I am still trying to figure out what it means to need other people. And so, this, I, look, this is just my suggestion. I'm going to throw it out there. But what I've started praying is, is God, I don't even know how to need you. I don't even know how to need other people. But I want you to teach me. I want you to show me. And I'll tell you, God has blessed that prayer as he's continually led me to conversation after conversation with family members, with friends, with Christians, with non-Christians, that he's helped me to take steps forward day by day, week by week in my relationship with God. And so I implore you, I implore you just with these words here in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 11 to 13, we have spoken to you freely, Westchester Church, and have opened wide our hearts to you. 
We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. Open wide your hearts also. Amen. You just listened to the Westchester Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit westchester.nyc.com. COC.net.